Turn with me again this morning to scripture we've been looking at for some weeks. Anybody know where it is? 1 Thessalonians 4 and uh, 9. He said, but as touching brotherly love, you need not that I write unto you, for you yourselves are taught of God to love one another. Everybody say that out loud. Taught of God. To love one another. Well, who knows more about love than love? Well, that'd be nobody. When you're taught by love how to love, you know how. He said, indeed, you do it toward all the brethren which are in all Macedonia. But we beseech you, brethren, that you increase more and more. He said, you are uh, loving each other. But he said, increase in it. Increase in it. Uh, 1 Thessalonians, well, that's the fourth chapter. Just back up to the third chapter. And the twelfth verse, 3.12, says, The Lord make you to increase and abound in love, one toward another and toward all men, even as we do toward you. Can you increase in love? Absolutely. Can you increase in faith? Well, you know, that's uh, the verses that we got on the front of the building out there. Isn't it? Anybody see that? Where is that at? Just a page or so over 2 Thessalonians 1 and 3. What did he say? We're bound to thank God always for you, 2 Thessalonians 1 3. Because your faith does what? Grows exceedingly and the love, charity, the love of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Can we increase in faith? Can we increase in love? Should we be increasing all the time in both? Yes, we should. I think uh, a lot of Christians think wrongly about this. They think, well, if you got faith, you got it. And that's it. I got faith. That's it. Well, if you love, you love. I got love. I love my wife. I love my husband. I love my uh, children. I, I love. I love God. I got it. Well, no. It's supposed to be growing. I said it's supposed to be growing. Your love for God is supposed to be getting stronger. Your love for people is supposed to be increasing. Somebody say increasing. Your faith and my faith. It's supposed to be getting stronger, growing, increasing. Well, it won't unless we do the right things. Growth and increase in faith and love is not automatic. That's quite obvious. But if you'll do the right thing, our love will grow stronger toward God and toward each other. Our faith will grow stronger. Somebody say increase. Increase. Increased love. love. Stronger love. Isn't that what he's saying? He said, you're doing it, but increase in it, he said. More and more, he said, you're taught of God how to love. And so for some weeks now, we've been on this subject. And we're actively using our faith for the Lord to teach us how to love like he told us to. Let's put up on the screen John 13, 34. The New Testament commandment, John 13, 34. What did he say? Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you. What is the commandment? That you love one another in a specific way. What? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. The next verse said, verse 35, by this. By what? Let's be specific now. By us loving each other. The way the master has loved and does love us. By that, all men, everybody would know that we really are Christians. That we really are his disciples. If we have this love, if, if we have this love one toward another. How will people know that we are the real article? We really are Christians. It's not by how many Bibles we have. It's not by perfect church attendance. Right? 
It's not by speaking in tongues. It's not by miracles. It's not by healings. Right? What is it? It's by how we treat each other. Now, I think sometimes people haven't focused on that. He said that you love who? Back up to verse 34. That you love who? See, he's talking to his disciples, isn't he? And they understood John loved James. James loved Peter. Right? See, they understood love each other, how you treat each other. You know, if we don't treat each other properly, people won't want to join us. Lest they get treated like that. There's a lot of folk who are not Christians because they have relatives that are. (laughs) And they're thinking, well, I mean, if being a Christian is being like that, then I don't want that. I don't need that. Yeah, I heard how they treat each other over at that church. Boy, they kick each other when they're down. They backstab each other. They talk about each other. Well, that's not going to make folk want to run to the church. We ought to have such a reputation that, boy, if you become a part of that group, you got it made. You'll never be alone again. You'll never be without help again. Should have that kind of reputation that we love each other as Christ has loved us. Now, in talking about this, we've gone through numerous things in the Bible, seeing how love is expressed, how love is lived. Walked out. And I want us to go on today to another one. Go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. Anything in love, about love, in that chapter? 1 Corinthians 13. Well, if you hadn't read that one recently, you want to do so. Love is described. How love acts and reacts and speaks and responds is uh, described. Verse by verse in 1 Corinthians 13. And we've looked at a number of these areas. But I want to focus in on one today. And you know it's not what you know. It's what you do. You might say oh I've I've known these verses for 20 years. Well that doesn't mean all that much. What have you done with them? Have you acted on them? Have you put any of it into practice? 1 Corinthians 13. Verse 4, charity, which is an old English word for love. We'd probably say love today. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envies not. Love vaunts not itself, is not puffed up, does not behave itself unseemly. Seeks not her own, is not easily provoked, thinks no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, rejoices in the truth, Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Now you know you've seen uh, more than one reference to love's uh, endurance. He starts off by saying it suffers long. That, that speaks of endurance, doesn't it? And uh, bears all things, that speaks of endurance. And then finally he says it that way, endures. All things. Does love, real love, have staying power? Oh, yeah. After all, God is love. Does God have staying power? He invented staying power. He is staying power. And it goes on to say, verse 8, love never fails. That's what I want to talk about today. Love never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they will cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. All these things are going to come to an end. All the prophecies will eventually be fulfilled and come to pass and be completed. There will come a time when tongues, division of tongues, will come to an end. And there will be no need for any translators in heaven. There was a time, you remember, when all the earth, everybody on the earth, was of one tongue. And the languages were divided. 
And that's going to be restored. And not just that, but we'll operate on a different level. And he goes on to say knowledge. You know, having to, the, the being so limited and being so ignorant, really, the way we are now is going to come to an end. And he went on to say, then we will know even as we are known. And he knows us inside and out. He knows us from the end to the beginning. He knows, the Bible said there's not a word in our mouth, but he knows it all together before we speak it. Soon we're going to know like that. Oh, that's going to be great. We'll get rid of all this head scratching (laughs) and perplexity and wondering. These things are going to change. These things are going to be fulfilled and completed. But love is not going to change. It's never going to change. And it's never going to end. This is exciting. Because you as a child of God already have this love in you. Shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. And it's wonderful to know that we've got this kind of an anchor. In our life, we live in a world where everything's changing, moment by moment almost. Nothing is stable around about us. Everything is changing and ending and starting and finishing, but all the love that's inside of us never changes, never fails, never ends. Said out loud, the love of God. Real love love. never fails, never never ends. ends. Glory to God. Glory to God. I'd be worth shouting about the rest of the day, I'm telling you. The love of God never ends. Listen to these other translations. The New Living says, but love will last forever. The English version says, love is eternal. The ESV says, love never ends. The message says, love never dies. And if you look up the word that's translated where it says, love never fails, it means never, not even at any time, never at all. (laughs) I think that covers it, don't you? The love of God never fails or ends, not even at any time and never at all. You believe this or not? Now, I'm not just being redundant for no reason. You're going to see why I'm saying this so many times in just a few minutes. But say it again. Love. Love. God's love. love. Real love. love. Never fails. Never Never ends. Never ends. These translations says never dies, lasts forever, is eternal. Same kind of meaning. Never ends. Why am I saying this so many times? Because we got a world full of people, including all kind of people in church that sit across from each other, that sit across from the pastor's desk on a daily basis and tell them That their love has died. Their love died for their spouse. Their love has ended. What does this verse say? (laughs) Love never fails. Never ends. Never dies. God is love. The love of God that's been put inside of us is part of Him. If the love of God, how many believe this? That God loves us, like the scripture said, with an everlasting love. Do you believe that? I'm quoting scripture. Let me see what that is. I wrote it down here. That's uh, Jeremiah 31.3. The Lord has appeared of old to me and He said, Yea, I have loved you. With an everlasting love. Therefore with loving kindness have I drawn thee. How many are persuaded of this? God 
does not, cannot, will not quit loving you. Is it true? You need to be fully persuaded of this now. Never entertain a thought from the enemy of anything else. It'd be a lie. God's love for you, toward you, toward me, will not end. Will not stop. Cannot fail. Didn't he say, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Didn't he say, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Didn't he say it? I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I believe that. I lose no sleep wondering if God has quit loving me. There's a lot of uncertainty in life. That's one thing I am not troubled about. His love does not end. His love does not quit. His love does not fail. Well, his love is in us. Go to Romans 5. I've quoted it a couple of times. But go there and remind yourself. How do we know that we really are Christians? How do we know that we really are saved? Well, First John said, We know that we've passed from death unto life because we love the brethren. That's how we know we've been saved, is love. And Romans 5 describes it like this. Romans 5, 5 and 5. Romans 5, 5. Hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Which is given to us. Is that true? Said out loud, the love of God God is shed abroad abroad in my heart heart by the Holy Spirit. Spirit. I have have the love of God God in me. me. What love? love Is it the same love God is? Is it the same love He loves you with? Well, if it can't fail, of him loving you, then it can't fail in you loving him or you loving somebody else because it's the same love. Are you with me? But now how many times have we heard it? I don't love him anymore. Our love has died. It's dead. We might as well, you know, go through the formality of the divorce because really it already died a long time ago. What died? The love. The love died. (laughs) Is that true? Can real love die? Can real love end? Now, whether you understand it or not, you need to believe the Bible right now. Are you with me now? You need to believe the Bible right now in spite of anything you've ever experienced or anything you've ever heard or seen. I want you to know, real love cannot die. Cannot. Real love does not end, does not fail, does not die. So then people are confused. And they're calling something love that's something else. Right? I tell you, you can have great victory in you just on this one thing right here. Love cannot fail. Cannot end. We can be secure in the love of God. Between us and Him. Between us and other people. We can be secure in knowing that it cannot end and die. Cannot. Something that will give us a clue as to what's going on. Some people are... (laughs) Looking at me sideways like, well, I know it can because mine did. (laughs) No, the Bible is right. And if you think otherwise, you're wrong. Every time. There's a lot of things people don't understand. There's a lot of confusion. But how many would just by faith accept this verse? Love, real love, cannot fail. Never fails. Never ends. Never dies. Never. This scripture we just saw. The love of God has been shed abroad where? 
Where? See, this gives us some insight already. In your soul, in your emotions, in your feelings, in your mind, in your flesh. No, no. In your heart, in your insides. Like we've said many times before, people think love is a feeling. And so many people live so carnally, that is, they are feeling dominated. And if you are a feeling dominated person, you're going to be an unstable person, you're going to be a weak person, and you're going to make bad decisions because you're making them based on how you feel. How many have already experienced that feelings can change from hour to hour? You know they change. Then why would you base your life on them? Why would you make life decisions based on how you feel? And yet people are doing it. People are doing it. I've had people look at me and go with tears and go, well, I can't help how I feel. And that's just how I feel. Well, you can help how you feel. God can help how you feel. Your feelings can change. If people would just stop and realize the feeling that they're so upset about, they didn't always feel this way. What does that mean? It changed. If it changed from good to bad, it could change from bad to good. It's changeable. Isn't it? Oh, we need to base our life on something that does not change. Something that is the same yesterday and today and forever. Every morning, every night, when you feel good, when you don't feel good, it's the same. And it's God. And it's His love. And it's His Word. The Bible said we walk by faith. Not by sight. And sight includes all the senses and all the feelings that come as a result of what you're seeing and hearing and experiencing in your soul. He said, we look not on those things that are seen, but on the things that are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal, temporary, changing and subject to change. But the things that are, are not seen are eternal. Eternal. I want you to say it again. Love. Love. Real love, love. God's love, love. does not fail, fail. cannot fail, fail. does not die, does not not end. end. (laughs) Well then what if we're loving each other with this kind of love, there is no such thing as I don't love you anymore. There is no such thing. As my love for you has died. And I'm sorry. But it's just not there anymore. No such thing. What is changing. Is people's feelings. And people's desires. In fact. So many people. What they're calling love. Is not love at all. It's desire. Desire. You think about the term love sick. Love sick. Don't raise your hand. But anybody ever been love sick? <laughs> huh? Maybe when you're in school, junior high, whatever. What is love sick? The Bible talks about love sick or sick of love. <laughs> That's how it's worded. Love sick. The Bible said, you remember, we've been reading, haven't we, about David and his sons and about how the one son loved his half-sister Tamar. He said he loved her so much that he got sick. Remember that? And he wouldn't eat. The boy was smitten. He was love sick. Did you read it or not? And so through subtlety and craftiness, he arranged for her to come and feed him. And when she came in, he sent out all the men. He grabbed her and raped her because he loved her. That's what he said. He forced her 
and raped her. And then, then this is telling. As soon as he was through with her, said he hated her so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. How can that happen? That you love somebody so much that you can't bear to be without them. You're sick because of your love for them. And in 10 minutes time, you hate them so much, you can't stand to look at them. How can that be? How many understand? We're calling it love, but it is not the love of God. In fact, it's not love at all. Did he ever love her? If he loved her, he would want to bless her. He would want to help her. He would want to do things for her. He didn't love her. He was lusting for her. He desired her body. He longed for her body and he's calling it love. And so much of what people are calling love has nothing to do with love. It's a longing. Somebody say longing. Longing. Is a longing love? It's not. No, it's not. Young people, don't mess up your life. Don't let people abuse you that don't even care about you. Middle-aged people, same thing. Older people, same thing. I love you. I can't live without you. I love you. I've got to have you. That's not loving you. That's loving how I can feel if I have you. Got nothing to do with caring about you. And that kind of what people call love, that kind of love can change into hatred in a day. In a few moments, obviously. We're reading the Bible, aren't we? You don't need that. I said, you don't need that. I don't need that. Because we've got the real thing. I said, we've got the real thing. The real thing. And saved people. Men and women that get married, they should be attracted to each other. They should have some desire for each other. But that's not enough. I said that's not enough to make it year after year and decade after decade. They should also have the love of God that passes understanding, that does not change, that cannot fail, that never ends. And that is not based on how you feel about somebody. It is not based on how much you desire them. Are y'all with me now? Say it one more time. Well, not one more time. You're going to say it some more times before the service is over. (laughs) Another time, maybe is the best way to say it. Love. Love. The love of God. God. Real Real love. Never ends. Never ends. Never ends. It never ends. Where are you? Romans 5? He said this love is shed abroad in our hearts. So if real love can't die, real love can't end, what's going on when people say my love has died? And of course their feelings have changed. That's true. And their feelings are real. But then they say my love has died. So it's okay for me to leave you and marry somebody else. Uh, it's too quiet in here. <laughs> Go to two verses. Matthew 24 and Revelation 2. Matthew 24 and Revelation 2. Now the reason why this is so close to home is because people are doing this. People are doing this every other week. Somebody, somewhere in the church, virtually every day I should say worldwide, is saying, I don't love you anymore. Don't love you. Children are saying, I don't love, we don't love our parents anymore. Sometimes you got parents say that. Don't love the kids. Don't love each other. 
Don't love. You know why? I did love the church. I did love the church family, but they didn't treat me right. I don't love them anymore. I did love, you know, my wife. Ooh, we were head over heels at one time. Ooh, it was something. But the flame went out and it died. And then, you know, you think it's time to play a blues song. <laughs> the thrill is gone. And there's nothing can be done. It's just one of those things. Nothing can be done. I wish it wasn't that way, but it has died. And I can't take it anymore. And there's about 10,000 songs that's been written about it. Hadn't there? About love dying. And so often in connection with the love dying is new love. New love for somebody else. And oftentimes somebody else's spouse. New love, they didn't mean for it to happen. It just happened. But you know, you can't fight it. (laughs) Somebody said, well, it's real. Something is real. But don't call it love. Because it's not. So what is real? What is going on? Let me remind you of a verse in Deuteronomy 5. Don't turn there, but Deuteronomy 5 says, Neither shalt thou desire thy neighbor's wife, neither shalt thou covet thy neighbor's house, his field, his manservant, maidservant, ox, ass, or anything that is thy neighbor's. What would be an accurate way to describe it? You're desiring them. No, we're in love. No, you're in desire. Love continues to love. When feelings change, still loves. Feelings are red hot, loves. Feelings cool off, loves. Why? Love is a manifestation of God himself. He doesn't change. Now you've got to make up your mind. Are you going to live like unsaved people do? And make all your decisions based on how you feel on any given time? Are you going to let yourself be led by your desires? Your desires don't define you. They don't tell you who you are and what you are. If you're a Christian, you find out who you are in him. And if your desires don't line up with what he said is good and right, then you say, desires, you got to change. Desires, you must change. Because I don't live by my desires. I don't make decisions based on what I desire. Can you desire a wrong thing? Yes, you can. But if you're led by it, you're, I mean, you're going to be in and out and up and down and on and off because your feelings are fluctuating and changing day to day, depending on what you're letting yourself look at and think about and talk about. When people say, I can't help how I feel, that's not true. That's a lie. Your feelings are the fruit of what you've been looking at and listening to. And thinking about. And talking about. It's just a fact. We could start talking about something different right now. And your feelings will start getting stirred and changed. We're talking about the word. But we could start talking about pot roast. (laughs) And biscuits. (laughs) Or whatever. But all I said was two words. And already you started going, yeah. (laughs) Well, see, you weren't thinking about that before. So your feelings have already changed in 10 seconds. (laughs) But I could start describing something gross to you. Right? Putrid. Rotten. Another few seconds, you lose your appetite. You go, no, I ain't hungry anymore. Is that right? 
Thought, oh, man, I lost my appetite. You went into all that. Then can we help how we feel? Yes, by watching what we let ourselves look at, listen to, think about, talk about, we can change our feelings. Said out loud, I am not a helpless pawn to my feelings. I am not a victim of my feelings. You can feel some ways that you have no right to feel. You can feel some things you do not need to yield to a moment longer. You need to get up on your feet and say, no, I'm not yielding to this. I got no right to feel like this. I'm not going to yield to this. I'm not going to entertain this and immediately start thinking and talking and looking at listening to something else. And your feelings will change. Your feelings will change. The reason people have desires for somebody else's spouse is because they yielded to it over a period of time. And it grew. But you can starve it. I said you can cut it off and you can starve it and it will get weaker. Did you find these two openings here? If love, real love can't end can't fail, can't die, then what's going on? What's happening? Look at these two verses. In uh, Matthew 24 and 12. 24, 12. He said, because iniquity shall abound or increase, the love of many shall wax cold. The love waxed cold. A lot of translations say grew cold. Grew cold. Well, if it grew cold, what needs to happen? Needs to be warmed up. (laughs) Doesn't it? But it's wrong to say, oh, it's, it's dead. No, you just let it grow cold. You let the fire go down. You need to get the fire poker and they start stirring you need to throw some logs on the fire and stir it up somebody say stir it up stir it up let's get some heat back get some flame back because iniquity abounds love grows cold look in revelation 2 revelation 2 and verse 4 He says, nevertheless, I have somewhat against you, Revelation 2, 4, because you have left your first love. Remember, therefore, from whence you've fallen and repent and do the first works. If you want the results like you had back then, you got to go to doing what you did back then. You got to do what you did back then. Get back to your first love. He said, you have left your first love. Did he say love died? No, sir. no. what did he say? You left it. So when people are saying, well, our love just died, that's not true. You left it. You forsook it. You didn't feed it. You didn't nourish it. You let it get cold and then just left it and walked away from it. But it was there. Could have been revived. Could have been rekindled. If you're in a marriage right now and you're thinking, well, this is dull, this is boring, I want some excitement, you can have plenty of excitement if you're willing to do some things, if you're willing to quit living by your feelings and start doing things as acts of faith. Some say, well, I can't do, you know, something I don't really feel. Oh, yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Bible said, put on the new man. Put on holiness. Put, you don't have to feel it to do an act of it. And as you do, something's going to begin to get stirred up in you. you. Oh, you might not feel it the first time or two or the first day or two. And depending on how long you've been going the wrong way and how cold you let it get, it could take something to stoke it back up. But it can be. I said it can be. And do not believe the lie of the devil that it's dead. And it's gone and it's one of those things nobody can do anything about. Don't you believe that. 
I said, don't you believe that? Real love, God's love, cannot die, cannot die, cannot die, is eternal, everlasting, never ends, never fails. Bless the Lord. Somebody say, bless the Lord. Praise be unto God. Jude 21. Turn there, please. Jude 21. If we just got one of these things straight today, it would help us so much in life. It would protect us so much. The world is calling desire love. Aren't they? And sadly, many Christians doing the same thing. They're calling longing love. I long for this. People have romantic ideas. I long for the perfect spouse. I long for to be married. I long for this. That's not love. And that wouldn't be loving them. You haven't even met them yet. You got no love for them at all. You just got a longing. Hmm? If you want to harvest, you need to sow seed. And if you are experiencing a drought in the area of love and people loving you, what should you do? Sow seed in loving them. Sow seed in loving them, treating them, doing things for people, being there for them, being faithful, expressing to them and doing things for them that lets them know you care about them. They're valuable to you. Sow it. And you keep sowing it, it'll come back to you. But the loneliest people, again and again, comes back to folk that are not sowing love. I know uh, I was in a board meeting a while back and this one minister talked about this a little bit. I thought it was very interesting. He said he saw an individual out on the side of the road, obviously desolate, hungry, and he felt, you know, compassion toward him. And then uh, something come across his mind. Wonder how long Or Roberts would stand out there on the corner. What'd be the answer? Not long. Why? There's so many people that know him. And love them. That they wouldn't be hungry long. They wouldn't be on the street long. Did you get that? And why would that be? Because people like him. Have laid their life down. Loving other people. They don't want nor lack for it. And uh, you and I want to live in such a way. (laughs) That we so love. We sow love, we sow it, we sow it that any time we'd ever need it, it just comes on us in abundance. But if you're always hollering about, why won't anybody love me? Why won't anybody care about me? Nobody wants to help me. It's obvious. You're not thinking about helping somebody else. You're just focusing on yourself, thinking about yourself. You want to reap, but you're not talking about sowing. Everything in life operates by sowing and reaping. Doesn't it? You want somebody to be loyal to you? Be loyal to somebody. Right? You want somebody to be a friend to you that sticks through thick and thin? You be that kind of friend. To other people. You focus on being that kind of friend. Being that kind of family member. Being that kind of person of love. You won't have to be concerned about other folk showing it to you. It will come back. Good measure pressed down shaking together. Running over. It will come back. Can you say amen? So what if you were really, really lonely and you're really, really desolate? What should you be thinking about? How to get somebody to love you? No. You should be looking for somebody to bless, somebody to love, somebody to treat as valuable. You need to sow some seed desperately because you're in a famine. Do you understand? He said... Did you find this scripture in uh, Jude? Just one chapter. Verse 20. Anybody got this one marked? You beloved. Getting people to build you up. 
Huh? <laughs> Building up yourself. On your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Ghost. Comma. Comma. Keep yourself in the love of God. Notice, why do people lose their feelings? Why do people come to these conclusions that my love has died, our love has died? Because they left love. They left it and allowed it to wax cold. He said, do this, keep yourself in the love. Who's going to do that? You. Me. Keep yourself in the love of God. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. Some have compassion making a difference. We talked about that last week. Mercy. Not judging, but showing mercy. Say out loud, keep yourself in the love of God. Keep yourself in the love of God. Finally, go to Romans, the eighth chapter. Is desire love? Longing for somebody. Desire is real. Longing is real. You can yield to imaginations until your feelings are so strong, they overwhelm you some. They feel overwhelming and you, uh, you feel love sick. You just pine for the longing that you have for this person. Even though it's somebody else's spouse. Or somebody you're not married to or whatever. Somebody you know you should not be involved. We're in love. This in love. Can you fall in love with somebody you're not supposed to even have a relationship with? You can be in desire. In longing. And it can be strong. But it doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it God. And it will not end well. And people so-called in love do some of the most hurt to other people. Don't they? They had an opportunity to walk in love and take care of people and treat them right. But because they're so-called in love, they hurt people. Right and left. They abandon. They leave. They forsake. They say hard words. They tell people, I don't love you anymore. I don't care about you. Why would you ever tell anybody you don't love them anymore? Such a thing should never come out of your mouth. Well, my feelings are not the same. That's not the same thing. You can still choose to love somebody no matter what kind of feelings you have. Don't listen to all these people with initials at the end of their name. Check up on them. How's their marriage? I don't care if they wrote a book and it has a hard cover on it. How's their family? Some of these experts are on their ninth marriage. Right? Some of these people, lonely, suicidal. Well, they don't believe everything in their book. They obviously don't know how to get it fixed themselves. But God does. And what he says is right. And it works. It works. Say it again. Love. Real love. God's love. Never fails. Never dies. Never ends. Do you have that love inside you? Yes, you do. Can you love God with that love forever? Can you love people with that love no matter what they do or don't do? No matter how they make you feel or don't make you feel, can you still choose? Can you still decide to love them with that love? Then it ought never come out of your mouth toward anybody for any reason I don't love you anymore. You should never say that for any reason to anybody. Because if you're loving them with the love of God, that's not true. Romans, this is something to shout about. Eighth chapter. 
Romans 8. We're going to read this and then we're going to take communion over it. You know why he came and shed his blood? You know why he came, offered up his spirit, soul, and body? Why? Because God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. And Jesus so loved the Father and so loved us that he willingly came and gave of himself. And we were not giving him warm and fuzzy feelings at that time. The Bible said he loved us while we were still his enemies. If he'd have been going by feeling, he'd have said he didn't feel like he loved us. But he doesn't go by feeling. And I don't go by feeling. You don't go by feeling. We walk by faith. Not by feeling. We walk in love. Not by desire. Our desires don't rule us. Our longings don't govern our decisions. We decide to love. And we do it, no matter how we feel, till the feelings change. Can you say amen? Amen. Look at this in Romans 8. This is exciting. Romans 8. He said, verse 37... No, in all these things, Romans 8, 37, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Through him that loved us. Loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present happening now, or things to come things that will happen tomorrow and the next day. Nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Woo, are you persuaded? Are you persuaded? Not feelings, not sin, not failures, not lust, not anything going on today or anything that will ever happen tomorrow. Not all our past failures and sins or any weakness that could happen tomorrow. Nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, said out loud, nothing can separate me from the love of God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Stand up on your feet. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.